0: This program contains grown-up themes and language that the FCC doesn't like. Use your common sense. You're listening to Beautiful Red, a novel by M. Darusha Wayne. Find out more at darusha.ca slash beautifulred. Beautiful Red 19. Jack didn't know what to do. It was Black Eye for sure, chatting with some dour-looking guy just two tables over. It was the first she had seen of him, and although she had imagined before she arrived that he would be leading the group in some kind of bizarre incantation three times a day, once she had been here for a while, the community nature of the group made her doubt even the existence of a leader. Of course, leaders aren't always of the do-it-my-way-or-get-out variety, and she noticed that everyone else in the bar deferred to Black Eye when they interacted with him. "'Do you know who that guy is?' she asked Susanna, who was already starting to get an unfocused look about her. "'Which guy?' she asked after a brief pause to understand the question. "'The one-eyed man with the hair wings. Over there!' Jack jerked her head in the direction of the table. Susanna looked over and studied the two men carefully for some time before answering." "'Nope,' she said, "'I've never seen em before.' "'She pulled out one of Jack's meal bars, opened it up, and started to eat small bits of it. "'Jack took a sip of the beer and was momentarily distracted from Black Eye. "'The drink was full of flavor, and a slightly harsh taste as well. "'Jack could now understand Susanna's difficulty with real food, "'although she was enjoying the new taste of her drink. "'She had a few more sips of the heady brew and noticed Lars walk in the door.' He saw her and Susanna and headed over to their table. "'Well, I see it didn't take you long to find out some of our secrets,' he said, grinning at the two women. Susanna looked at him more or less blankly, while Jack smiled and told him that Susanna had found it and brought her along. "'I've never had a real beer before,' she said, wanting to share the experience. "'This is fantastic!' "'I like it myself,' Lars said, and excused himself to get one of his own. By the time he returned... Jack recognized the opportunity she had. She decided to stick with the as-much-honesty-as-possible plan, and said, At the open house I was at last weekend, someone from here was speaking over the nets. I think it was that guy over there, she tried to subtly point out Black Eye. Who is he? That's Rackham, Lars said. He took a long drink of his own real beer, then set the glass down on the ledge. Susanna was still munching on the food brick, as Lars continued, He was one of the founders of the Red, a cracker of the old school, who got booted out of the firm he worked for after some scandal or another. There are plenty of stories about what happened to his eye, but the truth is that he tells a different one each time someone asks. His heart is nails and the only reason that the compound ever succeeded. He holds most of the extreme views. No wireless, real food only, no implants of any kind. Hell, they say he even interfaces with the network using viewers and some kind of writing device rather than a cable. "'But he is adamant that the Red accommodate everyone. "'He's scary as hell, but we wouldn't be anywhere without him. "'I swear, he makes infrastructure out of thin air. "'He built this place out of nothing, "'and sometimes I think he keeps it together "'by the sheer force of his personality.' "'Lars paused for breath, "'and Jack thought she saw a glint in his eye. "'You want me to introduce you?' "'Christ,' Jack said, taking a swig of her beer. "'After a description like that, "'I'm more inclined to turn tail and run the other direction "'as soon as I see him.' Oh, it'll be fine, Lars said. He's really nice to the noobs. Come on. He started toward black-eye Rackham, and Jack felt compelled to follow. As they approached the table, the two men stopped talking and looked their way. Rackham was old. Jack gathered as much from the brief biography Lars had provided. But in person, he actually looked old, and that was maybe more unusual than the matte black orb in place of his right eye. The other man at the table was one of the people Jack had seen earlier with the hands, or, in his case, the lack of a hand. Rackham, Morty, this is Jack, Lars introduced her to the two men at the table. She is one of the new folks who is in my session this morning. The man he introduced as Morty gave a vague smile, then looked away as if he were shy or demented. Rackham grinned and stuck out a large hand towards Jack. She shook his hand and smiled back. I saw you at one of the smaller gatherings last weekend, she said, and I just had to come out here. This is one hell of a place you've got here. Well, thank you, my dear, Rackham said, picking up his dark drink and sucking back nearly a quarter of the contents of the large glass. We try to get the word out as best we can. I hope you're enjoying it here, but more importantly that you are finding what you're looking for. As much as I appreciate all the work everyone does for the cause, "'The truth of the matter is that people need the red more than the red needs people.
1: "'Isn't
0: that right, Lars?' "'Rackham slapped the smaller man hard on the back, "'and Lars sputtered slightly as he answered that he supposed it was true. "'Damn right it's true,' Rackham answered, "'and Jack noticed that he was slurring his words a little. "'Shit,' she thought. "'Crazy and drunk. "'That's a great combination.' "'It's all a great circle, people,' he waved his large hands in the air, "'demonstrating the circle.' "'We do what we do for the benefit of the others, "'and we need people to do what we do. "'But if there were no one to benefit from our work, "'we wouldn't need to do it, "'and then we wouldn't need the people.' "'He brought his hands down to the ledge "'with rather a lot of force and glared at his audience. "'Is this sinking in at all?' "'He was beginning to shout, "'though Jack thought it was more of a volume-control issue "'rather than anger that caused his voice to rise. "'I think I get it,' she said, emboldened perhaps by the realization that he was human after all, or perhaps by half a pint of real beer. The movement exists for the benefit of the people. When the administration of the organization becomes more important than actually helping people, then the priorities are obviously all wrong. Close enough, Rackham said, and drank most of the rest of his drink. He signaled the barman for another and said, Pretty damn good for a noob, I'd have to say. He polished off his drink and said, Well, it's been nice talking to you all, and turned away from them. It was an obvious cue that the conversation was over and they should go away. Jack and Lars went back to the table, where Susanna was still sitting, enjoying her own little world. So, that's our Rackham, Lars said. Like I said, scary as hell, but a real leader. He sure is something, Jack said, trying to reconcile his words with the mind control programs. It didn't fit. "'but Jack knew that words weren't worth that much in the grand scheme of things. "'She drank the rest of her beer quietly and saw that Lars was also lost in thought. "'She looked at him, as if it was for the first time. "'He was brooding at that moment, "'probably trying to think if there was a way that meeting could have gone better. "'His long face was pursed in thought, but his skin was unlined and soft-looking. "'He was pale, with light hair and eyes, "'and Jack imagined that he would be the kind of man "'that would have filled the ancient Nordic romantic novels.' He had no augmentation that Jack could see, including a cable shunt, so she figured him for one of the moderates. She watched the strobes reflect off his skin, and realized for the first time that she was attracted to him. Maybe it was just that he was the first person to talk to her, or maybe her encounter at the party the previous weekend had awakened desires for flesh sex she never knew she had. Or maybe it was the strong home-brew beer. Whatever it was, she knew she either had to make a move or move on. As she was deciding, Susanna came out of her stupor and announced that she was getting a bit freaked out and had to go back to her room. They said farewell, and she headed out of the bar, leaving Jack alone with Lars. They looked at each other for a while in silence. Then Jack made up her mind. "'Show me your room?' she asked. They left the bar and walked back to his room in the staff quarters. It was no different from hers, except for a larger work area near the viewer. When they arrived, Lars produced a large bottle of ale from a cupboard near the entrance. They shared the bottle as he set the viewer to play some soft instrumental music. They didn't speak once, even after the bottle was empty and their clothes were on the floor next to their tangled bodies. Jack had to admit to herself that Lars knew his subject, and she got more than an introduction on how to use her body that night. Jack didn't return to her room, and instead shared the small bed with Lars. The alarm woke them in the morning, and they smiled at each other after only a brief moment of awkwardness. They showered together and walked to the meal hall. Only after having the few first bites of breakfast did they speak. "'I guess that was the intermediate lesson,' Jack said, lightly, grinning. Lars was more earnest. "'I don't usually do that,' he said, awkwardly, but also smiling. "'I'm not one to see students as opportunities.' I realize that physical intimacy has repercussions that aren't always evident, and I want to be clear that I don't expect anything of you because of last night. Jack laughed. Don't worry, she said, trying for a world-weary air. It's not like I haven't had flesh sex before. I'm not going to make things difficult for you, it's okay. I do like talking to you, though, and you've been very helpful. Can we have dinner tonight, if I promise to keep my hands to myself? She smiled disarmingly, and Lars finally allowed himself a grin. "'Sure,' he said. "'I'm just cognizant of my role as a teacher "'and how those power constructs can complicate matters.' Jack laughed and shook her head, finishing her breakfast. "'You're funny as hell, Lars,' she said, "'as she rose from the table and got ready to head back to her room. "'For all your freedom, you're as trapped as the rest of us. "'I'll see you at the bar before dinner?' she asked, "'and they agreed on a time. "'She left the table and walked back to her room. "'She changed clothes and left for her first class of the day, "'a study of community building.' The content of the morning class was way over Jack's head, and she couldn't even tune it out, because it was almost all class participation. The lecturer started the session by earnestly talking about the value of communities of like-minded people, and passed out the link to an online course that taught how to set up a local chapter of the Red. She gave a brief overview of the basic elements of organizing a group of vaguely like-minded but probably significantly disparate people. Jack was starting to doze off when the tone of the class shifted radically, and the participation began. She had to partner with another class member and do some kind of idea-sharing exercise. There were trust-building games, and Jack thought there was more touching going on in this session than the bodywork class yesterday. If Lars thinks there's some kind of special intimacy in body contact, Jack thought, he'd better steer clear of this group. After what felt like an eternity, the class was over. Jack was amazed when she realized that it had been one of the short sessions— and that she was due to report to the programmer's lab for a work session before lunch. She made a beeline for the lab and was one of the first people to arrive for this shift. The shift captain assigned her to work with debugging some experimental code for regulating the water supply, but she managed to trade shifts with a shy old-timer who was scheduled to set up new users and found it a painfully boring task. Jack hoped that she would be able to set up a dummy user for herself to use while she was sneaking around. She set to adding the group of new users and found that there seemed to be a simple process for the task. She also discovered that the physical key they all carried, a token that she had assumed was a necessary step in the authentication process, was really just the delivery system for a chunk of encrypted signed code. Sure, if she was trying to get into the viewer in her room, she would need a key, since there was no other delivery mechanism. But in the labs, there was wireless, so she could just download the authentication code for the dummy user to her local system and use it when she tried to log on. At least, she hoped it would work that way. She finished the first list of new users, then pulled out a list of user upgrades that were waiting for another staffer. She gave it a try, but her permissions were too low to enable her to perform the upgrade. So much for making a higher-level user for herself. She went back to the new users list and added a dummy identity. No alarms went off, even when she downloaded the generated key to her local system rather than moving it to the central key creation folder. "'She noticed that she was flushed and sweating. "'She had always had a visceral response "'to doing things she knew could land her in the soup. "'It was one of the reasons she had decided "'to stay on the easy side of the law. "'She deliberately slowed her breathing down "'and was just about looking and feeling normal "'when the shift ended. "'The shy guy who'd switched shifts with her "'met her on the way out and thanked her again "'for saving him a couple hours of mind-numbing boredom. "'No problem,' she said. "'trying to control her autonomic physical responses. "'Anytime!' "'They went their separate ways as Jack headed for the meal hall. "'She sat at one of the stools that was just under a section of the track "'and hoped no one came to sit next to her. "'She had another work shift immediately after lunch, "'then an optional short class before her late dinner with Lars. "'She was hoping to get into the higher-level systems in her next shift, "'then, depending on what she found, who knew what would happen?' As she ate, she pulled up her Crackers toolkit and looked through all the utilities. From what she had seen so far, the local system here seemed to be organized in a fashion pretty similar to the other systems Jack had used. She figured that her tools ought to be able to crack into the upper echelons of the system, and that she would be able to access all the files. Her only worry was that the false user she'd created would be too obvious, and that she wouldn't be able to cover her tracks. There wasn't anything else she could do at this point to make the process go more smoothly, except abandon the attempt. So she ate her lunch and prepared herself for the afternoon's attack. You've been listening to Beautiful Red by M. Derisha Wayne. Find out more at d-a-r-u-s-h-a dot c-a slash beautiful red or subscribe for free at patiobooks.com. dot com. The theme music is low-level format by Bjorn Fogelberg. Learn more about Bjorn's music at fogelberg.com, and you can buy the album Karushi Porn at magnatune.com. If you have feedback, I'd love to hear it. Leave a comment on the website, send email to darusha at darusha.ca, leave a comment on the Patio Books site, or call the listener line at 206-984-2976.